It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is October 6th, 2020. My name is Philip Ross, my expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Just follow me on Twitter at underscore. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to do a deep dive on the Orlando Magic's offense. Our answer is the obvious one. Uh, but we'll talk a little bit about the Magic's offense in 2020 as we look ahead to how the Magic have to change and adjust moving forward into next season. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the NBA Finals between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Miami Heat? The best source is from the experts who know the teams. Locked on Lakers and Locked on Heat, plus our national podcast, Locked on NBA. No matter who your favorite team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. The answer to today's podcast is, is, is going to be simple. Uh, let's be real. The Magic's offense isn't good. Ranked 23rd in the league this year in offensive rating. It was a, a huge problem. Obviously, Orlando does not have a starring player, so to speak, or does not have a, a dominant player that you know can draw the defense in. They are kind of an equal opportunity scorer. And while they had one big push right before the, the league went on hiatus, where the offense really, really clicked, it's hard to say whether any of that was sustainable. The bottom line is this. The Orlando Magic do not have enough shooting. The Magic are not a good enough shooting team to have a great offense. And it is the one thing that is holding them back in every single way. I did a post, uh, and I'm sure I'll talk about it a little bit more. I did a post just kind of exploring why Steve Clifford went to those two point guard lineups that Magic fans seem to complain so much about. And the reality is he went to them because those are his best players. And they worked as long as DJ Augustine was in the lineup. Someone who could give them a little bit of spacing. Michael Carter-Williams, Marco Feltz, no, that, 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 that did not work. No lineup with, of, of theirs worked. But Steve Clifford, trying to put his best players on the floor and trying to be creative, couldn't be as creative as he needed to be because they didn't have enough shooting. The margin for error for teams changes completely when you have shooting. It's, that, it's really that simple. I, 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 I'm doing a spoiler alert for the rest of the podcast. All of the Magic's offensive problems are their lack of shooting. Jonathan Isaac's a 32% three-point shooter. Nikola Vucevic is a good three-point shooter for a center, but 33 34% isn't scaring anybody. Um, DJ Augustine went from a 42% three-point shooter in 2019 down to 34 I think, for the season. Evan Fournier was shooting 40%. And Terrence Ross was around 33 34 35%, but 
teams respect his shot enough that, that he actually has a little bit of gravity. You know, Evan Fournier certainly does too. DJ Augustine certainly does too. Markel Fultz, while an improved three-point shooter, was still shooting only 29%. I could just go on and 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 on. It's not just that the Magic don't have good shooters. They have people who are reputed to be bad shooters. And as Steve Clifford even admitted on the Orlando Magic pod squad last week, if you're shooting 34, 35, even 36% from beyond the arc, they're essentially ignoring you anyway. They're just going to pack the paint and just, just, you know, try and get out and contest. That's the reality of the NBA today. You're only as good as you can shoot. That is, that is actually a direct quote from Steve Clifford, or almost a direct quote from Steve Clifford. You are as good as you can shoot in this league. And so, any discussion of the Magic's offense starts and ends with their inability to make shots. But let's go through the numbers. The Orlando Magic finished this year 23rd in offensive rating with 107.9 points per 100 possessions. The league median this year was 110.4. Before the All-Star break, they're at 105.5. After the All-Star break, including the time in the campus, 115.1. In the campus, the Magic were an above-average offense at 111.7. So again, some good things. The Magic found some things out. We'll talk about that in a little bit. To say the least, though, the Magic's offense was worse in 2020 than was in 2019, 108.2 for the season in 2019, uh, actually 112.1 after the All-Star break, well above the median at that point. Median's usually going to be around 110, 110.5, um, it looks like. And of course, the Magic's offense was better in the playoffs. So yes, there, there were positive signs in the offense. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to shooting. The Magic's effective field goal percentage for the year was 50.6%. I do not have to, I shouldn't have to tell you how bad that is. Effective field goal percentage is, is the formula is literally field goals plus 0.5 times three-point field goals over field goals attempted. Essentially adding in the added added uh, bonus, the, ad, the kind of extra point you get for making a three-pointer. Before the All-Star break, the Magic shot 49.4% effective field goal percentage. They were consistently one of the two worst teams. Only the Knicks were really worse than them as far as their three-point shooting, as far as their shooting overall this season. Which is, again, why the post-All-Star break rush was so big, was so interesting. The Magic were actually able to make shots. But make no mistake about it. Every piece of the Magic's offense doesn't work because they don't have enough shooting. And... This is what's really coming to a head for the Magic as they start to play in their way forward. Yes, the Magic doubled down on a playoff roster that seemed very limited, and I still think that that was the right decision. I, I'm not against the Alfred Camino signing, but signing him when there was such a glaring need for shooting was a big mistake, even if it made sense at the time, or even if there was logic behind the move. It now looks like a huge mistake because Alfred Camino is a 29, I think he's a career 31% three-point shooter. He's shooting like, you know, he shot abysmally this year, but not a reliable three-point shooter. The teams are going to leave him open. The teams are going to leave him completely open. Nothing, nothing the Magic are going to be able to do about that. So again, I, I hate to play spoiler. I hate to say that the answers are so simple, but the Magic needs shooting. It's, it's, it's evident from every statistical measure. It's evident from every study of this team. The Magic do not have enough shooting to operate the way that they need to. And yes, that does get into some very difficult decisions within the roster itself because Markel Fultz is a non-shooter. Aaron Gordon is a non-shooter. Jonathan Isaac is a non-shooter. 
your three most important young players are all non-shooters. And for those that want to see Evan Fournier move on to the next te- to his next team, Evan Fournier is one of the few shooters you have. I think it's going to be very difficult to give him up and, w- and remain competitive at this juncture. So to say the least, if the Magic want to make their offense better, they need to find shooting. I think entering the 2020 season, the Magic wanted to see Aaron Gordon get better as a shooter. And they thought that he could continue to improve as a shooter. And he took a major step back this year. I think they wanted to see Jonathan Isaac take a step up as a shooter. And he largely did, but obviously injuries played a role. I think the Magic hoped that Peace would be able to create more open looks and they'd be able to make threes threes better because they'd be open. Well, the Magic actually got good looks, uh, at least in the early part of the season, and were just missing threes. So, while shooting is a skill you can certainly improve, having shooting is important. And as Matt Lloyd said on the Down the Road podcast uh, last week as well, you look at the playoffs and you study what's working. You look at the playoffs and see what's working. And you look at the Miami Heat, their shooting has lifted them into the playoffs. Their shooting has lifted them into the NBA Finals. Having the ability to throw Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero or Jay Crowder even, who's not a great three-point shooter, but is able to hit. Being able to throw those guys out there, or Byers Leonard even. Being able to, or Kelly Olenek too. Being able to throw all those guys out there Having a creator surrounding him with shooters just creates space and makes everything easier. One thing I do want to talk about, and we'll talk about it probably uh, later on in the week, is about the margin for error. I say that often on this podcast, how the Magic have no margin for error. The Magic have no margin for error because they don't have enough shooting. It's that simple. They can't make too many mistakes. They have to be very, very sharp offensively or the whole thing collapses. And we saw very early in the season when the Magic could barely score 100 points, how not being crisp, not being sharp, completely threw the offense off and made it a slog and made it just incredibly difficult to score. Later in the season, we saw them get comfortable. We saw them play with some good rhythm. Um, They had an understanding of what they were trying to do, and they were better. But obviously, not enough. And obviously, the playoffs exposed a little bit of their, their weaknesses on that front. Although the Magic, again, better offensively this year in the playoffs than certainly last year. Shot 50.5% effective field goal percentage this year. Well below the median, which is 53.2 in the NBA. Uh, but better than the 45.1% they shot in last year's playoffs. So again, Magic, you know, they, they are figuring some things out offensively. But at the end of the day, shooting is ultimately what's holding them back. And so there's your spoiler. That's what's wrong with the Magic's offense. But what they did do right, or what they figured out they had done right, is they figured out their pace. And pace was the buzzword last summer. It's going to be the buzzword again this summer once the Magic add some shooting. But we're going to slow the pace of this podcast down a little bit because if you're running slow, if your car is running slow, you need to go get it fixed. And and if you're a do-it-yourselfer, if you want to take care of your car, you got to find the right parts and the right service and the right help to get it done. That's why I go to rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. 
Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. And now that your car is revved up, let's get you revved up. Let's get you the energy you need to finish the podcast, finish whatever you have to do in the day. And whether it's a physical mental or physical wall, break through it with with go with a built go every single day. It's easy to take, comes in one and a half ounce packages. You put in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, your golf bag to power through the back nine, or in your pocket to help you get through your day. Build Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. Comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. Built Go combines every gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into your system faster, plus it's easy on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite your work, beta alanine, B3 honey, and a little kick of caffeine. Built Go then kicks to keep me going strong. B6, B12, 10,000% of your daily daily vitamins. So you get your, you get your vitamin B in there. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better and it makes you feel better to get through your day. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 30% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. So let's talk about what went right with the It's not much did. It was a bad offense. As the Magic Group to continue to grow and build, it's going to be all about how they grow and build the offense. Uh, and again, there's no other way to say it. The Magic have to be better offensively if they want any chance to compete for anything real. Uh, you know, we're not just talking about getting into the eighth seed or just getting into the playoffs. If they want to be competitive, as Steve Clifford always said, they got to be a top half of the league offense. And that was something that that was a goal of theirs that they fell extremely short of. And really, what was something they talked about all year long? all off-season long and into training camp and into the season, was about pace. And it's something we've talked a little bit about here on this podcast. Um, but now that we're kind of in season review mode, we'll talk a little bit more about it. Pace can mean a whole bunch of different things. Um, that's that's the truth. Pace can mean a lot of different things. Uh, it, on NBA.com slash stats or, or most websites, pace will be defined as possessions per 48 minutes. Essentially, the number of possessions you play in a game. Uh, and yes, you want that number to increase. You want that number to be very, very... You want that... Or, or depending on your team and how your team is constructed. But for the Magic's sake, they want that number to be up a little bit. And, and it large, and it, for the most part, it was. In 2019, the Magic had a season-long pace of 98.7. It actually stayed fairly consistent. Pace was not a huge factor in the Magic's offense last year. 98.7 at all points of the year. Pre-All-Star break, post-All-Star break... 95.7 in the playoffs. Uh, the Raptors did a good job just kind of slowing the magic down. And, and the end games usually slows down the playoffs anyway. This year, the Magic had a pace of 99 possessions per 48 minutes. You know, not a strong number below the league average, but not, again, a little bit sped up. 98.2 before the All-Star break. 101.5 after the All-Star break. And what's important about that, though, 
is even though the Magic were playing at a faster pace, even though the Magic were scoring a lot of points, they were still the league median, or a little bit better than the league median in pace, in possessions per 48 minutes. At 101.5, the Magic were just above the league median. So it's not necessarily about the number of possessions. Pace is not about that, although it is an indicator of what we're going to talk about next. When coaches usually refer to pace, when coaches usually talk about pace, they're talking about how quickly you get into and move through your offense. That is pace. It's not something that's very measurable right now. I haven't seen anyone really try and measure this. I, I, I know of one site that tried to measure it, but I, I don't know how accurate it is. There's really no metric to describe pace. You kind of watch it and you know it when you see it. When, got, when teams are moving quickly through, through their offense and they're kind of in a flow, that's pace. And the Magic want that pace to be up. They don't want to be slowed down. They, they really can't stop because if they stop, that allows the defense to get set, wall off the paint, and force them to shoot three-pointers or force them to create off the dribble, which they're not good at. The Magic need constant motion and movement uh, to run their pick-and-rolls, to get create space for Nikola Vucevic, to create space for Marco Fultz. They need constant motion and movement, and they need to be able to make quick decisions, and, and that is certainly a big factor in the Magic's offense. After the All-Star break, obviously the number of possessions went up, but the Magic started playing at a significantly better pace. There is no doubt about this. They were moving faster into their sets. Marco Fultz had a little bit more trust and had a little bit more um, little bit more responsibility on the ball, and he was able to get the Magic into their offense quicker. He was able to run through the offense quicker. The Magic gave him the freedom to kind of probe and do his thing, and everyone just seemed to play with a lot more energy. That's, that's, that's what we're really talking about with pace. But undoubtedly, too, the Magic need to be better at this aspect, too. I do think that this still needs to be a focus for the Magic. And again, shooting solves a lot of that problem because if you have shooters, you can run more cuts and more screens off the ball because the defense has to respect shooters. You have more driving lanes. You have the ability to create pressure on the defense that you wouldn't otherwise have. The Magic need shooting. Again, it's all about that. But pace, you know, could certainly help a little bit with fast break points. Orlando averaged only 11.9 fast break points per game this season. That was 20th in the league. And while I don't think Steve Clifford wants everyone going for steals or whatnot, if the Magic improved defensively, because they took some steps back defensively, which we will talk about later in the week, the Magic struggled a little bit defensively, and that limited their fast break opportunities or limited their ability to get out in transition. I do think that one thing that would have happened if, say, Jonathan Isaac had stayed, stayed healthy is the Magic would have been out in transition a lot more because Isaac is a guy that creates defensive plays. And again, a big thing for the Magic is they need guys who can create plays, who can make plays. But at the end of the day, too, pace remains important for this Magic team. Uh, again, I can't describe it. I can't put a number on it. But pace is so vital to what the Magic do. Again, everything is wrapped up into shooting. Shooting matters most. But pace is very key, too. It's going to be a determinant in whether the Magic are able to get a good shot or not until they get a guy that can really break down the defense. And another factor that was a big deal for the Magic this year, that was actually a positive sign, honestly, a positive sign for the Magic throughout the year, was that they finally got to the foul line. They finally were able to put some pressure. And so, again, shooting, pace, and free throw shooting, that's all going to lead to the easy shots that will make this Magic offense better. And this year, the Magic made some really important strides from the foul line. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. 
Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, in all this doom and gloom about how bad the Magic's offense was, was, and how shooting is going to solve everything, it's going to make the pace better, it's going to make all that, I do have one little bit of positive news to report when it comes to the Magic's offense. For the first time since Dwight Howard left, the Magic actually kind of got to the free throw line. So, just, just, just a little bit more. Ever since Dwight Howard left, the Magic have been one of the worst teams in the league at getting to the free throw line. And while getting to the free throw line is not necessarily uh, 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 correlated with strong offenses or going to the playoffs, the Boston Celtics for a long time have been poor at getting to the foul line. Uh, The San Antonio Spurs are notoriously bad at getting to the foul line. For a Magic team that needs free points, that doesn't really have a go-to guy, that doesn't really have a go-to offensive identity, uh, not getting to the foul line, not getting those easy points hurt, and hurt a lot. Um, it, 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 it was baffling how poor the Magic were getting to the foul line. In 2019 even, a year where the Magic were better offensively, they got to the line for only a 21.6 free throw attempt rate. That's essentially uh, uh, the, the ratio between free throw attempts and field goal attempts. So, you know, they, they take 22 free throws for every 100 field goal attempts. That's okay. It's okay. It's not great. There were some years, of course, where the Magic were under 20, so it's been ticking up. This year, however, the Magic were significantly better getting to the foul line. Significantly better. To the tune of 25.6 free throw attempt rate. So 25, so about 26 free throws for every 100 field goal attempts. This is still below the league average. The Magic are not a top half team. They're still in the bottom 10, actually, in the league in getting to the foul line. It's still a huge weakness that the Magic cannot get to the foul line, which are essentially easy points. If you listen to the analytics people, they'll tell you the three easiest ways to score are layups, three-pointers, and free throws. They'll tell you the two easiest ways to score are layups and free throws. That's why James Harden, literally James Harden's strategy is, I'm either going to get a layup, I'm either going to get to the foul line, or I'm going to hit a three. Those are my three shots. And those are uh, you know the most effective and most efficient shots on the floor. Free throws and layups, the two easiest shots on the floor. So again, for a long, long time, Magic have left easy points on the board. You know, Nikola Vucevic, for as good as he is, not good at drawing fouls. Aaron Gordon, not good at drawing fouls. Evan Fournier, not good at drawing fouls. Victor Oladipo, when he was in Orlando, not good at drawing fouls. Being able to draw a foul is definitely tricky. You've got to be able to get into the lane uh, and, and, and create contact. You've got to be seeking contact sometimes. And that's something the Magic have really struggled with. Marco Fultz is, was actually pretty good at getting to the foul line. Actually, his ability to get in the lane and create some havoc and create, you know, the defense, get, getting the defense a little bit off balance helped the Magic get to the foul line more. And so in that way, there's a very clear positive benefit to Fultz being out on the floor, not just the pace, which, you know, is a little bit fudgier and a little bit harder to measure. Free throw attempts is definitely a sign that the Magic are putting pressure on the defense in the way that they want to put pressure on the defense. And they have good enough free throw shooters. Like, even Aaron Gordon's a, good free, a decent free throw shooter. I think he's like 72, 73, 74%. And so, again, it's simple things. It's simple things that are going to make the offense better. 
It's playing with pace and more intensity. That's going to help. Adding more shooting will lower that margin for error. It will make it easier to play with more intensity and play with more pace. It'll make it easier to drive. It'll make it easier to finish at the basket. And then, of course, getting to the foul line. Having more shooters will make that easier too because defenses will be scrambling to, to cover and protect. Uh, and, and again, you'll have more space to take guys off the dribble where you can create and initiate the contact and really keep defenses on their back foot. I said it at the top of the show. I will say it again at the end of the show. The biggest problem facing the Magic's offense is their lack of shooting. And solving that, you know, it's not going to solve everything. You know, you still need a good strategy. And, and I think generally Steve Clifford's offense is pretty sound. I think that he has the right ideas about how to get this team scoring and how to make this team better. But at the end of the day, the Magic needs shooting to make this offense work. And if there's any lesson that we can draw that maybe we should have already drawn, but certainly can draw now at the end of the season after the offense struggled so much throughout the year, certainly in the playoffs too, the Magic need more shooting to get where they want to go. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr-omd. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll be back again next time for another episode. We'll dive into the defense a little bit. We'll continue our player evaluations uh, as we continue to put a bow on the 2020 season as the NBA Finals start to draw to a close. But until next time, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.